All right, welcome to the Fear the Fincast on January 22nd, 2017, in the year of our neats. Uh, all right, it's a rainy day here in Southern California. It's probably raining even in Long Beach, California at halftime of the Matt Nieto Bowl, circa 2017. I'm Jacob Sunstrom, managing editor of fearthefin.com with Marcus P. White. Oh, what does the P stand for, anyways? Is that Patrick? Patrick. Yeah, yeah, I figured. Uh, yeah. That's good. It could be worse. I th- what would be the worst P middle name? I don't know. I actually can't even think of it. Oh. Uh, something about like urine. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to talk about uh, both the first half of the Matt Nieto Bowl, the Tampa Bay Lightning game briefly because it was a terrible game even though the Sharks won, and mostly about the best game of this little stint, the Los Angeles Kings game, which the Sharks dominated thoroughly. Um, I, I'm going to use the uh narrative excuse that the sharks are still tired from that king's game uh way back on uh on wednesday because actually i really do believe actually that the the they were still tired from the wednesday game when they played the lightning on thursday do you uh let's 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 steal from the they've had a pretty tough stretch in the recently i mean a friend of the blog kevin kurz wrote about it uh last night in his post game uh replay calling it uh a a uh, brutal stretch. I think they've played like five games in their last eight days. Uh, something crazy like that, um, which is a lot. Yeah, and, you know, that's a lot of that's because of the condensed schedule with the World Cup, um, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think the there's that you can absolutely make the case that wear and tear uh, has had an effect on them. I mean, they're missing guys from the lineup because of that wear and tear. Uh, you know, they've got no. No Michael Haley, no uh, no Timo Meyer. Meyer was, I believe, sick the other day, or was he was he hurt? I, he had a, there was a reason he wasn't healthy. Scratch. Um, no, no, I, I I heard like a my a minor injury, but it could yeah. have been an illness. Yeah, um, and Haley's on IR, so that I mean, it's you know you're seeing a guys mystery up, IR. Yeah, you're seeing guys come up from the AHL um, to sit and, in the press box. They sit in the press box, but you're still seeing them up like as the extra bodies when, you know, normally that that wouldn't be a thing, um, especially when the Barracuda are playing the second half of a doubleheader today. Uh, I think it's yeah. I think you can absolutely make the argument that they're they're starting to get a little drained, which is you know if they're not playing their best games against some of these teams, if they're coming out with wins, that's okay because you know you're assuming that the schedule will not be nearly as condensed in the postseason. Uh, sure. you know, it's all about getting there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too concerned uh, on that front, but I do think there's something to be said about fatigue. Uh, I'm interested to see if they're going to, I'm, if they are practicing today, they'd probably be practicing right now, but I'm guessing they're not. I doubt it. Uh, and I'm probably, I honestly, I guess I would, if I had to guess, cause I think, uh, DeBoer errs on the side of caution more than anything. Uh, if I had to guess, they probably won't practice on, uh, Wednesday either coming off the second half of back-to-back and before their last game, before the All-Star break. But, you know, they could end up practicing. Who knows? Yeah, my guess is that they'll uh, take it pretty easy the rest of the way. Um, They've got the Avalanche, obviously, again on Monday, and then they've got Winnipeg on Tuesday. And uh, I believe then they've got Edmonton on Thursday, and then that's that's kind of it until uh, the All-Star break. And obviously then they've got uh, Chicago on Tuesday, and then they've got their NHL mandated bye week. So mm-hmm. 
they could have hurtled back by that Chicago game on Tuesday. Uh, my guess is that they might play a little safer than that, and we can probably expect him back by that February 2nd game at Vancouver. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's start with that L.A. game, since that's the game both of us probably most fervently watched. Uh, I watched the replay of last night's game. Uh, I did watch the Tampa game. That game was pretty sloppy. Aaron Dell played very well. Um, and that's really why the Sharks won that game. We've, we've right. said in every podcast, he's got to play more. Got to play more. That's the takeaway from the Tampa Bay. Aaron Dell needs to play more. Yesterday, Martin Jones played pretty well, and the Sharks are just a, a much better team than Colorado. And, you know, they were probably lucky to win that game because Colorado played pretty well, and the top line played pretty terribly. Um, and, you know, we could probably chalk that up to fatigue, but even so, you got to play better than that against the worst team in the NHL. That's a little embarrassing, especially on home ice. Um, and uh, one thing that I wanted to note from last night's game is I know that the bottom pairing did not play very many minutes at all. Uh, at least by what I saw, the top two played, you know, in the 20s in the bottom pairing. And this could be incorrect. I saw this on Hockey Viz, uh, only played around the 15-minute mark. And maybe that's incorrect. But um, I, 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 need, I meant to verify this before we actually recorded the it. podcast. Cool. But uh, they had only had them at a, like 14, 15 minutes and, you know, if that's the case, there the, maybe there was something something up there. Um, anyway, not not a great showing, uh, and and hopefully you know they'll 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 play better tomorrow night. That's the six o'clock Pacific start in Denver. Uh, so obviously that's you know you can make the argument that's a Colorado team playing with you know whatever a lot of motivation because those are guys playing for jobs for next season. But you know I, I don't really buy into that yeah, kind of Stumco stuff. played fourteen minutes. Brandon yeah. Doan played thirteen forty seven. That's very uh, strange. Point twenty-five. Yeah, the top four all played over twenty minutes. Uh, not. I don't really get that. Uh, he he uses he used the bottom pairing like that when it was you know Mueller and Heed. Uh, but I mean, we've we've written and talked extensively about how good you know Schlemko's been. Uh, you know, Schlemko plays half. You know, fourteen minutes. He has three shots on goal. Burns plays twenty-five, and he has five. Not. That's not to say that. David Schlemko is a better defenseman than uh, Brent Burns, but you know you can you can get more minutes out of him uh, for sure. And, but and, you know, I, I think it all it, it's the same thing with the Martin Jones thing. I think it comes back to confidence in the top players more so than a lack of confidence in the bottom players. Right? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like he's starting Jones so much. I think at least because they're very confident in his abilities and they think that he's a guy that can start 70 games a year. Similarly, they think Brent Burns is a guy that can play, you know, 25 minutes a night. And this year he can, this year he's playing very well in those minutes. He's a Norris trophy contender. Um, probably going to be a Hart trophy finalist too. If I, if I had to peg it right now, it's probably Crosby, him and McDavid for the Hart trophy. Uh, I don't think he'll beat either of those two out, but you can make a very compelling case for him. So I, I think it, it, that comes from the same place as why Martin Jones has is on pace to start over 70 games is, okay, we're confident in our top guys. The interesting thing is that last night, at least, you really didn't see that in the forward line distribution. I mean, uh, the Melka Carlson played – excuse me, Tommy Wingles played the least of any forward, and he played nearly 12 minutes, uh, and right. we haven't seen that a lot. Uh, it was. If you look five. at the sloping, it's like super, super even all the way down. It's like yeah. super natural. They just rolled, rolled, rolled. They yeah. rolled four lines last night. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and we haven't seen that 
often, mostly because the injuries have dictated that we've had weird lines all year, and I totally get right. that. That's not a criticism. That's just a no, statement yeah, exactly. of fact. Um, so it is, it is strange when you look at his forward distribution then to see the defense distribution so uh, – so the other stuck. thing to note is that it's not a benching because David Schlumpko scored the game winning no, exactly. goal in overtime. It's like, okay, wait a overtime here. Um, and I guess that's a good, you know, that's a, even if, even that's a good thing about DeBoer is that even as they're maybe not playing as much, he still trusts them in critical situations, you know, where their skills are. Like David Schlumpko is a natural fit for three on three overtime. And even though he didn't play a ton, in regulation, uh, DeBoer still recognized that and iced him on what ended up being the game-winning shift. Right, exactly. All right, let's double back. Let's talk about the Kings game. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before we went on air. I thought that not only did the Sharks play really, really well, I thought the Kings looked uh, maybe as bad as they looked since, since really since the playoffs. I thought that the Kings played the Sharks pretty tough in all of these games this year. I thought – yeah. Even in the games, except for maybe that New Year's Eve game where the Sharks looked pretty terrible. Uh, the yeah. Sharks are the better team for most of the games, but the Kings have played them pretty tough. They've been close games. Not so much in this game. Um, what was kind of your takeaway from from the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Sharks played well. Um, I believe they won what? Did they win 3-2? 2-1? 3-2. Yes. Yeah, they played well. Uh, Jones with a nice game that night played played a little better. Um, man, that game was what? Was that Wednesday? Yeah, that's yes, right. Wednesday. Wednesday for uh, Wednesday night rivalry. Um, yeah, no, I think they I think they played very well. We were talking about it before. I, I think this is definitely not the same Kings team. Um, they just in past years, I think they've had the depth to compensate for not uh, being able to play. Uh, for not, you know, scoring at a, for generating a lot of uh, shots and uh, attempts, but not scoring at a high rate because they've had a pretty solid depth. Uh, they were hurt that night. Tyler Toffoli did not play. Um, and I, I think their depth's really taken a hit this year. Um, I would not be surprised to see them uh, miss the playoffs entirely. I mean, you know, I just, I've just been checking the box scores of each of those three games. Um, each of the three games this week, uh, Dylan only played over 15 minutes once, and Schlem- the same can be said for Schlemko. So at least over the last week, uh, he's been using, he's been very heavily relying on the top four uh, defensively. But you know, it's it's worked. They've won three games, so uh, hard to see it changing. But yeah, in that Kings game, um, you know, really is the start of the fourth line contributing this week. Uh, Ryan Carpenter played very well. Uh, he started to establish himself. I thought Wingles had a very good game. And then Haley, before he was uh, placed on injured reserve, uh, played very well in that game too. Um, you know, we, you texted me this week with uh, Haley's num- his with or without you numbers with Ryan Carpenter and without Ryan Carpenter. And the impact that Ryan Carpenter's had on playing with Michael Haley is uh, a little absurd. And, you know, I – I think it the Carpenter thing I think is the most interesting takeaway from at least these three games and the LA game because you know let's say you're still not scoring and you know you're still you're happy with how Tierney's played on the third line it and you know Tierney Tierney in limited minutes on the fourth line did look good but if you're happy with it he's giving you on the third line does that maybe make DeBoer more inclined to put Hurdle up top with the Joes and then you know move Marlowe and move Meyer down the lineup? Or is that, 
is he still going to try hurdle at center? Um, it's a good problem to have. It's a good kind of headache uh, to have uh, with that kind of decision. But I think Carpenter's making the the bottom six center decisions a little more difficult. I think it gives them a little more flexibility. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's a, it would be a mistake to leave Tierney at their line center long term, definitely. Yeah. Because I think, I think what we learned, especially in that Kings game, is not that Carpenter is a great fourth line center. What we learned is that the Kings have a terrible fourth line. I think really that I think that's that really true. is the takeaway. Um, but he's played well in each of these last three games. Yes, the Abs have bad depth. But, but Lightning are, are a fairly deep team. But they're are they? Right. Yeah, I mean they're not. They're in not previous right now. years, they have been. Yes, but right. In previous years, they had Steven Stamkos in the lineup. Right. The, 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 the Lightning right now are a sub-50% possession team. That's the true. Avalanche are the worst team in the NHL, and the Kings right now are a great, uh, you know, a great top nine. But Daryl Sutter has one of the worst fourth lines in the NHL. Um, I think Ryan Carpenter is a good player. I just don't think that those are the teams that we can – Make make a judgment on on whether or not Ryan Carpenter's the guy to stick in the fourth line on. That's term. fair. I just my my thing is, and uh, you know I think part of this is just PTSD at this point is that I think okay, Stanley Cup Final we're playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ryan Carpenter's right, right. getting. You don't want Ryan Carpenter on the fourth line. Yeah. No. Nope. Okay. I want Chris Tierney on the fourth line, and I want Tomas Hurdle okay. on the third line. Okay. And and I I don't think that you know I know. Listen, Pete DeBoer is not making a decision based on these three games, all right? Because we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, he 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 he's thinking bigger picture than than this as well. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it is interesting, though. I mean, listen, the guy's got uh, two goals in what five or six games now. Uh, that's only two fewer goals than Tommy Wingles has this year in what right. like twenty games. Yeah. Listen, even if he's not going to play center. Yeah. He's made an argument to at least get some time at left wing on the fourth line or something. Yeah. And listen, Doug Wilson is not afraid of playing a center on the wing. That's nope. literally the entire yeah. lineup. Yeah. I mean, until recently, right? I mean, this these past couple of years are one of the first times we could say that, like, the Sharks actually have wingers on the team. Uh-huh. Uh, what? I mean, what? In, like, 2010, couldn't we say that almost the entire team was centers on the, on the forward? It, fe- it felt like it anyway. I know I'm yeah. exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, I mean – you could say, you know, that Doug Wilson basically drafted centers and eventually moved guys to the wing, basically. Yeah. That was the, the, the move. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of uh, an, an interesting, at least uh, a thought to have anyway. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure what they're going to do going forward. And I know that they're going to have a lot of time to sit around and think about it. That's for sure. And yeah. uh, if the whole team is healthy, once we come back from the all-star break and from the bye week, you know, there's going to be kind of like a mini training camp to be had. Uh, sort of, because they can't practice during the bye yeah. week. So no, that's true. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think he's making a case. Whether or not it's the fourth line center role, I think he is making a case to stick around. Um, and you know, like as I think, we, as we can say about all of their call ups this year, it, it bodes very well for their future uh, if they that these guys are able to step in, and uh, you know, with an expansion draft looming, they can, you know they can step up and uh, fill those roles. Those were for Ryan Carpenter's future too, whether it be in this organization or elsewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, there's another team coming into the league next year, you know, like he will, there's going to be more opportunities for a guy like him. And he's, I think he's shown like Tim Heat in his game uh, 
you know, like the rest of the rookies have, the rookies have when they've come up, they are, you know, NHL caliber. Yep. And, uh, you know, Danny O'Regan is still out, which is really kind of a bummer because that's a guy that I think at this point would have earned, you know, a longer look. I mean, I'm happy for Ryan Carpenter, obviously, but I know that's a guy that's probably disappointed that he's not getting a, a look at this point because he probably would have gotten one. Um, but, you know, the Sharks have other guys that are close to to getting that look, whether it be this year or, or next season. I mean, because we're, we're at that point now, what, we're at game 48 now where some of the guys that haven't gotten looks at this point, whether it be, you know, uh, Goldobin or right. Sarnier or uh, Sorensen. Probably not going to get looks down the stretch. Right, exactly. Uh, you know. Barring significant industry. industry. Right. Right, injury, right, exactly. Uh, those are guys are going to get looks in training camp next year and going to be fighting for spots next year. So uh, next year is really going to be interesting as far as as far as all that is concerned. So uh, obviously the Sharks are now done playing the Kings, which is kind of a fluke in the schedule. Uh, they haven't played the Canucks yet at all, another fluke in the schedule, which is the same thing that happened, happened last season as well. Um, uh, we still got the Oilers a, a few more times. Uh, which are important games this year, which is also wild. Got the Ducks a couple more times. Uh, these are these games this week are are pretty important, if only because these are games that the Sharks really should win. Especially these 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 back to back games here, the Sharks really need to get a couple of points out of these. Yeah. Um, you know, tired or not tired, injured or not injured, these are you know pretty important games for for San Jose. That being said, as of right now, the Sharks, uh, you know. As of Sunday, the Sharks lead the division in point percentage. They still have a couple games in hand, and they'll have even more games in hand after you know their bye week and the All Star break and and whatever. So it's going to be kind of important that they uh, cash in on that when they have the. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're they're a point back of the Ducks, and they're tied with the Oilers for second, and they've played uh, the least amount of games of any team that's in a playoff spot right now. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be. They're going to be fine. The, yeah, the the playoff picture is really really shaping up across across both divisions. It, it's starting to look like there's going to be five from the Pacific, which was or it's going to be four and four, which I'm shocked to see either way. I'll be more shocked with five for the Pacific, but uh, right now the Blues are in a playoff playoff position, but they're they've they've struggled. I mean, the last really good game they played was against the Sharks, which is always funny when you know, teams go into long tailspins after they played the Sharks. You know, Sharks have bounced back. They have the uh, they have the longest winning streak in the Western Conference and I believe the rest of the NHL. They have the longest active winning streak in the NHL right now. We we set them off. All they needed yeah. was for us to help them hit rock bottom. Yeah, exactly. We did it. You're welcome, boys. Uh, the Sharks sure. have a 638 point percentage right now. The Ducks 622, Oilers 612, and the Canucks 532. Um, not great. Not great. Remember when the Pacific was tightening up and the Sharks needed a look out? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like a long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Vancouver's not Vancouver's not going to hang around for much longer. They, they are not. The I Vancouver Canucks are a terrible hockey team. The uh, in in great news for I don't know everyone who's a fan of hockey I assume the Anaheim Ducks were up three one last night and uh, ended up losing to the Minnesota Wild five three. Really, uh, was it in Anaheim? Uh, it was in Anaheim, and uh, Bruce Boudreau the, getting that revenge. The Ducks were down two goals late, 
and Randy Carlisle did not pull his goalie. Seriously? Didn't pull it. I if, if any coach is gonna preserve the well, we we don't want to get embarrassed on the scoreboard. Yes. We're not gonna pull the yes. goalie. It's yes. it's Randy Carlisle, who's the Jim Tomsula of NHL coaches, except he's won a Stanley Cup. And at NHL coaches, excuse me. Uh Sharks also so, have the best goal differential in the division. And second best in the Western Conference behind the Wild, who are plus 48. Which is just incomprehensible to me. Chris Pedro, good coach. Uh, Devin Dubnik riding the numbers. Well, of course, of course. But I also think... I'm going to draw a, a big painting of Devin Dubnik as a dolphin and Bruce Boudreaux riding him over a oh, tsunami. That's great. He's gonna he's gonna win the Jack he's gonna win the Jack Adams because he of is. Uh, he's not actually. You think Torts will get it? Yeah, and then Tor- how how long after he wins it is he gonna get fired? Oh, within two years. Yeah, because they'll regress. I think. Actually, right. no, I take that back. They're well. The Jackets are actually good, but they uh, have a good. They like they're a good team. Like they. But I mean, they've struggled since the win streak. But like, they're built right. very. They're built a lot better for the future, I think, than we gave them that a lot of people gave them credit for before the season. Myself included, for sure. Um, that yeah. being said, if we were to look at the last five Jack Adams winners, how many are still employed? Oh no, yeah, that's that's a great point. Actually, I'll look that up. Right so, okay, Barry Trotz is still employed. Fair. Bob Hartley fired. Patrick Waugh quit slash fired. Paul McLean, Senators fired. Yep. And Ken Hitchcock Hitchcock's still there. Currently employed, but will quit slash be. But he's going to retire at the end of this year. So. And then Dan Biles, just before him, fired. Right. Lincoln Dave Ruff Tippett, is fired. he still there? No, Biles was not in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Tippett's in Arizona. He is still there. Okay. Yeah, and Claude Julian's about to be fired. Like, right. And Claude Julian's about to be fired, probably. Which is just... So Boston. So Boston. Elaine okay. Vigneault, about to be fired. Lindy Ruff, fired. If L.A. fires Sutter and hires Claude Julien, that's like literally the worst possible scenario. For oh, sure. no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no. And if Boston could hire Sutter and they could both get better. <laughs> oh, no. Boston hires Sutter. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Never mind. Oh, that's I, I think that's a good argument that if you swap coaches with those teams, would they be getting better results? Oh, they probably would. Oh, um, man. I didn't even think about Boston that. Boston super unlucky, haven't they? Uh, yeah. T- hasn't Tuka Rask been pretty bad? I thought he was or good. Is, they, is that what it was? I, is, have they not been scoring? It's something like that. They, well, they like, been scoring the only since. person who was hot at any point was Pasternak. Everyone else has struggled to score. Oh, maybe they should uh, unload one of those guys that, uh, you know, is not a good leader, like, I don't know, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, third Dude. lowest PDO in the league. And I, I want to say they have the league's lowest shoot. Yeah, they ha- them and the Florida Panthers have the league's lowest shooting percentage. How do you think uh, Bergeron would look in teal? Thoughts? Oh, he'd look great. Yeah, I'd he'd look that in a heartbeat. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Do they want a first rounder? I would give them a first rounder for Bergeron. Well, Ooh. apparently it's very easy to trade players. They have no problem. He's got bad character, not a winner. Uh, all right, so Monday we complete the Matt Nieto Bowl, hopefully without a Nieto goal. Is that the last match? That's not the last matchup of the That's year. That's it. Though, right? Only two times this year. They only played twice. Wow. No, no. One of the. I think that happens with one Western Conference team every year, um, with one Central team. Okay. That or I miscounted. It's possible, but I, I went through a couple times to make sure I wasn't crazy. Okay. Or, 
whatever. Uh, so, and then Winnipeg, that's a road back to back, which is brutal. Thankfully, they're both bad teams. Thank God. The real hope, obviously, is that uh, nobody gets suspended after playing against Dustin Bufflin. I'm talking to you, Jumbo. And then, uh, then Edmonton. And that's Edmonton at home. The, uh, yeah. And that's obviously the Drew Remendable. So, should uh, we use something other than Bull? I don't know. Nieto Bull sounds pretty good. I, I like the Bull. Yeah, it's fun. What do you think about Bull? Yeah, oh, that's good. So, uh, all right. And uh, then we can do another one of these afterwards uh, for, on Friday before. Yeah, you know, before all the Right. To commemorate. Uh, so that'll be uh, game 49 where When are you, you going to be there? And, and I will be there on Saturday. Uh, I'll be doing a uh, podcast with Jules from the Crown on Saturday. Okay. Monday. One of those. Is that the media availability? Saturday before the skills comp? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I believe that there's going to be maybe some on. Well, there'll be some on after Sunday after the game, obviously. But right. the, the big media availability will be Saturday. So I'll, my, I'll talk to all the Sharks guys and see what uh, what else I can get in on as far as scrums go. So we'll see. Read? Uh, we'll, we'll see what, what, what kind of guys I can talk to and see what kind of stories I can dig up. You know, what the scuttlebutt is. Yeah, exactly. You know, professional reporting. Yeah. We'll see what the deal is. So it's usually kind of a cluster around there. So, you know, I'll just kind of uh, push some giant sweaty reporters out of the way and ask more interesting questions. Uh, PK Subban, what's your favorite barbecue place in Nashville? I'm just really dying to know, bro. But what, uh, what country music you like it? Uh, who is your favorite rap artist? Um, I mean, I would say country because of Nashville, but yeah, no, he doesn't like country. He just fakes it for the. He's I think he's, he's embraced it, man. Nah, he's playing. He's just playing to the crowd, dude. He, no, he likes. Uh, he he sang. Do John, you like Drake? He was at a karaoke he's, bar and he sang Johnny Cash. Yeah, I know, dude. He's just dude. He's just playing to the crowd. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's because Drake is from Toronto, and if like anybody famous is from Toronto, Drake will just like, you know. Attach themselves, attach themselves to them. If Drake's right. in LA this weekend, he'll hang out with PK Subban. Yeah, and he'll be like, "Oh, well, I've that's... been a Predators fan my whole life." Well, in fairness to Drake, I mean, Drake will show up and be like, "Oh man, I like hockey," and he's like, "Oh shit, these are all white guys." Did he oh, perform at an all? He performed at an All Star game once. <laughs> Did he actually? I, I can't believe they could. I can't believe they could get Drake. Like, yeah, I know Drake's like, oh, bandwagoner, but Drake performed at the NHL All-Star Game. Was that in Toronto? Uh, no. I Where was it? I can't believe he traveled Ottawa. somewhere for an All-Star Ottawa. Oh, okay. That's a short At trip. the time, he was a two-time Judo Award winner. That's how they, that's how they, like, uh, they, uh, they presented him. A Judo Award winner? Juno Award. J-U-N-O. What, what's that? I don't know. He's got to be the biggest name they've had. I mean, I think this weekend at the All-Star Game, they're going to have, like, John Legend be involved in their, like, top 100 players ceremony. Oh, cool. John Hamm's hosting it because John Hamm's, like, the only famous NHL fan. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop bagging on Will Arnett on this podcast. Oh, that's, no, Will Arnett's good. Will Arnett's good. No, you're yeah, right. Geez, dude, that's twice. I, I enjoyed Will Arnett's uh, exercise in surreal comedy when he hosted the NHL Awards. The, and he uh, did the, the Brendan 
Yeah, exactly. And the uh, the burn on Edmonton was also good. I was really disappointed he didn't come out in a segue, though. That was disappointing. No, of course, yeah. I think that's the NHL's fault. They wouldn't let him do it. No, they would. They were like, what's the rest of development? We've not watched it. Yeah, he was like, oh, hey, Gary, I'm Will Arnett. I was in Arrested Development. He's like, what's television? And then he goes, oh, come on, and add C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's going to be it for this podcast. Uh, just a reminder that this podcast was recorded on January 22nd, 2017, in the year of our Lord, Matt Neitz. <laughs> Matt Neitz Beats, our, our official sponsor of the pod. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Hey, uh, uh, give us a ring sometime. I'll call you next time I'm in Denver, Nito. Because we we don't have his phone number. Oh, wait, you don't? I thought you did. I do not know. Oh. I do not. <clears throat> okay. So he can call us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our, our line is always, is always open. Okay. Uh, great. Well, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Fear the Finn. You can follow Marcus at Marcus P. White. Uh, me yeah. at Jake Sundstrom. Hey, Marcus, uh, who do you got in the uh, football game today? Uh, give me the give me the Packers. Uh, Pack, go Pack, go. That's a, that's the best game is Pack Falcons. Uh, Steelers Pats. I don't really care about. Uh, but oh, I, I would say, like them both to lose. Possibly thoughts. Yeah, no, I'll say it's the Patriots. Uh, yeah. Just so it'll be all the more satisfying when in the uh, the first uh, Super Bowl of the Trump presidency, Tom Brady loses to Aaron Rodgers. Fair. Uh, I would like them both to lose then also. My goal is for the Falcons to win today and then the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. So everyone's like, oh, oh, who even cares about the Falcons? It'd be like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, no, they'll, do the, they'll do the whole, like, Atlanta's not a great sports town. Like, right. Oh, what's even in Atlanta? It's like, yeah, exactly. You don't even know, you freaking losers. What's yeah. in Green Bay? Green Bay's not a great sports town. It's not even a town. It's just old. It's entrenched. It's um, nothing. I, I like I I will I like the winner of the NFC. I like I really I like both those teams. They can score a lot. They're fun. They're. Uh, I hate Aaron Rodgers. I hate him. Do you he really? Oh, I I I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. Uh, nah, he's the worst. I hate Cow. I hate Cow. Okay, that that's a that's fair. That goes back a while. Rodgers is a Rodgers in, in his cadence uh, worked in the name of the co-host of my favorite radio show because they asked him to. He he worked it into his cadence in one of the playoff games. Wow. Um, yeah, he said he said Stugatz as part of his cadence, so that was uh, pretty funny. Um, I, I I like A Rod. He's he's a smart guy. What Cal? Cal is just like a uh, a slightly less pretentious Stanford, and that's and like plus if he wins, it'll, he'll be he'll be from the first ever family to have a winner of the Bachelorette and a two time Super Bowl champion. Okay. His brother was on The Bachelorette. That's we know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know. You know, him and his father aren't on speaking terms. I, I just heard No, that. that's also why, because I can't wait for everybody to, like, it's going to be great when he wins, because everyone will be like, all the stories will then go from blaming Olivia Munn to why he lost to giving her credit for, like, turning his life around. It's going to be great. Olivia Munn saved Aaron Rodgers and Giselle Bunchen and President Trump killed Tom Brady. <laughs> And then, well, the pivot's going to be great. Yeah, the pivot. I'm all about the pivot. All right. Well, this has been the Fear the Fin cast. We'll be back on. Uh, no, we don't. Did we say Friday? Oh, yeah, Friday. Friday works. Okay, Friday, January 23rd. Uh, yeah, no, Friday works. Yeah. Yeah, Friday. I'm glad we decided this in yeah. advance. Boom! Planet!
I'm putting in my calendar and then January 27th. Okay. Do, 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 put in my PDA. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Yeah.